This container right here, every... Don't think so, Satan. Changing you are perfect Always been perfect Always been loving perfect in all your ways it's just who you are and that is a song that I believe most people probably sing in church Um, we sing it in church I know a lot of churches sing that song and I know a lot of people are asking for the link to the artist so I'm popping that in the live chat right now I just put it in there Uh, Eli don't get rid of that link because that's my link Uh, and just so you guys know the reason why we get rid of links in the chat is because there's a lot of fishing expeditions out there where people will put links in and there's a lot of folks that watch us that are not you know so up to you know par with technology and they don't understand things and they click something and it could you know it could infect their computer so that's why we ask that people don't put links in i see that right there kc22 that's okay because it is a uh lfa tv uh, link. It is a rumble link to us. That's okay. But any outside links, you'll see that we don't, um, we don't allow for that reason. Cause you just never know. You just never, ever, ever know. So it's, uh, I'm glad that, uh, most of you know that song. I saw in the live chat that people are like, Hey, I know this song. I sing this song. Um, it's a good, he's a good, good father. And you know what my favorite line is in that song is the line, um, is the line where it says, peace, unexplainable, undeniable, unexplainable. I cannot explain to a non-believer about the level of peace that you receive once you receive Jesus and his word and his message and his salvation and God's mercy 
into your life. It's unexplainable. And the only thing that I can compare that to is it's impossible to explain to somebody who doesn't have kids what real exhaustion and stress feels like. Because once you're responsible for children and families and making sure that they have a roof over their head and clothes and food and all that, then you know real exhaustion. It's, 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 you cannot explain that to somebody who doesn't have kids. They just have to have kids to, ex- to understand that. Um, but the thing about it is, is that sometimes spreading the gospel with actions is far more effective than spreading the gospel with words. And when you can combine the two, that's when you can really help bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in somebody's life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Kindness, compassion. That's what we're going to talk about today. My husband would love to have an LFA flannel shirt. Well, Jane Call at Advantage Specialties made this, and we are going to get these on the store for Christmas. Yes, exactly. Larry says, I'm just going to listen, so don't get upset if I don't say hello. It's quite all right, Larry. So today we're going to talk about shaking it up. Jesus came, his first coming. Boy, and he shook things up, didn't he? He shook things up. I'll tell you what, everybody in the year uh, in the world says it's 2023. So I guess he shook things up. A third of the world believes in Jesus of Nazareth being the Christ, the Messiah. I guess he shook things up, didn't he? But how did he shake things up? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because everybody can shake things up. Hitler shook things up. But it's the how. It's the actions. And like I said, sometimes you will not be given the opportunity to spread the gospel, to plant seeds with your mouth, with your tongue, because somebody will just not hear it. However, if they know that you are an ambassador of God, they know you are a child of God, then your actions can speak a lot louder to those people than your words. And once your actions break down that barrier of communication between you and a non-believer by you being kind to them and doing things for them that other people in their lives do not, that opens the door for planting seeds with your tongue and spreading the words of the gospel. Ray Comfort does that. So we're going to talk about that today on Rise Up. I'll ask that you guys please share this video with your church members. Now, if you guys regularly attend church, I'm sure most of you probably have an email list. Send it out. Send it to the internet. Get it to your friends and family. Give us a thumbs up. That's called rumbling the video. We have 1,100 people watching before we even pray. That is a blessing. Now let's go to the Lord 
thanking God in Jesus' name for this day and everything in it. Our Father in heaven, this is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad and thankful in it. Lord, today I took your advice from yesterday and I woke up. And as I was having my coffee this morning, I said, let today be the day that I am judged on whether or not I'll be able to spend it with you, eternity with you, or spend an eternity without you. Today's the day that I'll be judged on, not yesterday. And that is the blessing that you've afforded me as a Christian, as a child of God, and that I thank you for. And it allows me also, Lord, to keep my mind focused on you today because I know that the things that I do before the sun sets on this day will be what I'm judged on. But Lord, I ask you also to use and activate the Holy Spirit inside of me every single hour of every day to show kindness, compassion, and humility to the public with sincerity and not hypocrisy so that I can show somebody better than I can tell them about the heaven of the, 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 the kingdom of heaven. Lord, where we really need you is where we instinctively or by default want to be rude to somebody because they were rude to us. Help us overcome that urge and that temptation by the devil. Help us navigate through this show today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Folks, I want to talk to you about something that happened the other day, if I can. So all of you know that I am working on my anger with people I don't know, strangers, members of the public, my family, my friends, my coworkers. And like I said, anytime anybody does something to me, to me, in my mind, it's they premeditated it, they purposely did it, and it's a personal attack against me. That's how I just look at things. And I am training my mind not to think that way with the word of God to help me. And the other day was an ultimate test. I think Eli can attest to that. Folks, the other day somebody donated money for us to have lunch. Two days in a row, actually. And we took that money and we did just that. We went and we had lunch. And I went to Subway. And I got sandwiches for me, Eli, and my wife, Sabrina. And as I was going through the Subway line, I had asked them to please text me what you want. Because you know how it is when you go to do a Subway run for somebody. You gotta, they got to text you what they want. They need to, you need to know the bread. You need to know the cheese. You need to know whether they want it heated up, toasted. You need to know what veggies they want on it. You need to know what sauces they want on it. Do they want salt and pepper? Do they want it a meal deal? Do they just want the sandwich? Do they want a six-inch? they want a foot-long? Too much stuff to remember for three people, right? So text it to me. Okay. So I get to Subway, and I'm going through the line. And I am, when I walk in, I'm the only person there. But as soon as I start ordering my three sandwiches, about 10 people walk in behind me. So at this point, I'm just trying to read the stuff as quick as I can so I can get 
out of the line so other people can go because I have three sandwiches, right? And as I'm going through, I'm just reading what everybody wants, but, you know, they don't do it in order of, the, of what comes next in the subway line. So I'm trying to skip a few things to get to the certain part in which, you know, of the sandwich making that I'm at. So I'm sitting there and the three sandwiches are coming through and it gets, we get time for the vegetables and I'm over with the first sandwich. And the guy says to me while I'm looking at my phone, he says, sauces, sir. And I said, uh, well, I know it needs tomato, lettuce. And I was about to say onions. And then I was going to get to the sauce because I was reading. And he goes, I said, sauces, sir, not vegetables. And at that point, I was still looking at my phone and I did not look up because I knew that the fire inside of my belly had started and it was working its way up very quickly to my head. And I was about to explode like a kettle that was on high and was whistling. And I was so ready to snap on this guy and on the staff talking about this is the problem with the world. Customer service is terrible. And how dare you talk like that to me? And I said, and, 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 I, and I remembered quickly what I'm working on with God. The first thing that popped into my mind after I was about ready to jump over the table and just grab this guy by the shirt and say, how dare you? I thought of God. I thought of my promise to all of you. I thought of the promise to my wife. And that anger quickly subsided enough for me to go, as I was looking at him, I never looked up when he did that. I just stayed looking down because I knew if I, if I knew if I locked eyes with him, I would be, I would probably lose my mind, right? So I'm looking down, and I go. I waited for a minute, and I said, "Mayonnaise and olive oil, please." And he goes, "Good." And as I'm still looking at the phone, I thought it was over. He then said, "And now you can tell me the vegetables that you tried to tell me first. <laughs> tomato lettuce onions jalapenos banana peppers and he says thank you then he was an absolute doll to me the rest of the time he was very nice he was very polite i tipped him 20% and said, thank you very much. And I hope you have a blessed day. Now I want you to know something. I want you to understand how much that took for me. Eli knows. Okay. Usually at that moment, I will snap. And then by the time I get back to wherever I'm going, let's say back to the, to the studio, I wouldn't be mad anymore but I would regret everything that I had done. But I would immediately, in 15 minutes, I wouldn't even be mad anymore. And the great thing about that day was, by the time I got back to my truck, all that anger that I had in my body was gone. I didn't do anything that I regret. As a matter of fact, I showed him the grace and the mercy of God and I'll guarantee you that the rest of his day was better. And maybe because of the fact that I was so kind to him when he was so rude to me, 
And the fact that I said, God bless you, maybe that changed his day. But as I was driving back to the studio, and I could not wait to, I was like a kid in a candy store. I could not wait to get back here and tell Sabrina and Eli, you guys are never going to guess what just happened. Because I was super proud of that. Me, knowing what I normally do throughout my entire life, it was like the greatest moment of my day, right? But as, but as I was coming back here, I thought about that man. And I know I've been there. And I thought about what he might have been going through that day. And I thought about how do I know that his pet didn't just die? How do I know that he's not getting a divorce? How do I know that his daughter didn't just get pregnant as a teenager? How do I know that he just didn't get uh, rear-ended on the way to, to work? How do I know that he didn't just find out that him or somebody in his family had cancer? How, do, how would I know why he was having that kind of a time at work to where he thought that being rude to somebody like that was correct? And then I remembered about judging people before you walk in their shoes. And all I wanted to do for the rest of the day was go back there and ask him if I could pray for him. But I didn't do that. Maybe next time I will. Maybe he'd take offense to it. I don't know. But what I do know is... That that was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, Jeremy, God whispered in your ear. Now let us, L-E-T-T-U-C-E, let us be kind. Great pun. I like that. But I can guarantee you that had I said something to him that I normally would have said, I would have regretted it by the time I got hit the truck and I would have not even been angry by the time I got back to the office and God would have been very disappointed in me. Now, I want you guys to see something here. This was sent to me by a Mr. or Mrs. Gagnon and it is a tissue box that says rise up. God bless you. It's a rise up tissue box. Now, I almost just shed a tear just right there. As you can probably see the Rise Up Tissue Box right there. That's where it's probably going to be displayed. I almost just shed a tear right there, and that's why I'm glad that I have my Rise Up Tissue Box handy. And I want to thank Mr. or Mrs. Gagnon from California for that. There was no first name, and I just want to thank you so very much. But what is that really a story of? What is that really a testimony of? It's a testimony of God working in my life. That's what that is. I cannot give that glory to myself. I cannot give that glory to anybody but God. Because God activated the Holy Spirit at that moment and caused me to, quote, kill them with kindness. Now, I was going to title today's show, Kill Them With Kindness. I thought that was a little bit... Too much for a Rise Up show, though, because we're not trying to kill anyone. Instead, we heal them with kindness. Kittenhead said, making me cry, you're welcome. Did you send that? Was that you who sent that? You should sell Kleenex on your merch store with the Rise Up logo. 
Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's a good idea. But God definitely is patient. Bruce Carroll says God is patient. And that's what he wants us to be. He made us in his image. He wants us to be patient with people too, Bruce. You are 100% right. And I'm so glad you said that. Ladies and gentlemen, please, we are 26 minutes past the hour. If you could do me the kind favor of sharing this video, I would appreciate it. And if you have not done so yet, please rumble the video, okay? Cover them with kindness. I like that. I like that. Now, before we get to the verse of the day, is Kittenhead the one that sent this? Kittenhead, are you the one that sent this? If that was you, I want to say thank you so much. Yes, I know, TJ, right? I know. I know. Isn't that amazing? By the way, speaking of uh, the TJ that we owe an Enviro Cleanse to, I got a hold of them yesterday, and we're going to get it right out to you. So um, I'm speaking with them now, and I want to thank you, Kitten. This is beautiful, and you know what? It's going to stay right here forever. We needed that for a long time. We needed that for a long time. Um, okay. I have a letter to read before we get into how Jesus came to shake it up. And we're going to be talking about kindness because that's when he came to shake it up. Now, I want to read this for you, and it'll take me a minute. It's, you know, a whole page, but it was requested for us to read it on Rise Up, so I'm going to. I want to thank all of you for the donations I received to help me pay my bills, my medications, and my food. You are all such a blessing, and I love you all so much. I'm so thankful that I am able to be a part of this family it's beyond words. I set my alarm every morning so that I don't miss Rise Up. Rise Up has helped me so much to bring me closer to God. I love waking up to Rise Up. It's is so much. So I tell my Sunday family for uh, so much, and I tell my Sunday church family about the closeness I feel to my Rise Up family. I go to church six times a week. Don't get me wrong. I love my church family on Sundays too. We are a small church, so it's easy to get to know everybody. And with Live from America, I know that I will get the truth about the news and not the fake news media. Here's my journey. I fell and broke my right foot in three places. I was sick the day before with COVID, so I didn't realize it was broken until the 26th. I went by ambulance to the hospital on the 26th and had my first surgery on November 1st. I, went, I then went to a skilled nurse facility for rehab on November 7th. On December 8th, my incision opened back up. I notified my surgeon and got me, she got me in right away. She then scheduled me for surgery the next day. I went back to the skilled nursing facility a couple days later. I was doing well and made a goal to be home by Christmas. Well, that didn't happen as I woke up on Christmas Day with a gaping hole in my right foot that measured about four centimeters in diameter. I was sent by ambulance to the hospital again. It was discovered I also had MRSA. My surgeon informed me that I could, that I would need a flap placed on the open wound and I would have to go to a medical center to have plastic surgery to do that surgery. I was transferred to a rehab hospital on January 7th to get prepared to meet my surgeon on the 10th. I had surgery to place the flap on my right foot on the 12th 
I stayed in the medical center for a week and then returned back to Overland Park. I had to stay in the KC area for one month. So when my stay at the rehab expired, I went to another skilled nurse facility in Kansas. I stayed there until February 10th. So all this is happening for three months, folks. Three months. They're going through all of this. She informed me I have to have another surgery, and she was scheduled for that next day. After four surgeries, I am now completely healed through the power of our Lord. I am walking with a walker now, and after 11 months of not driving, I'm now driving again through the power of our Lord, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry this is so long, but I wanted to give my testimony to all of you here on Rise Up. If any of you have doubts that God exists... Through my testimony, this proves God does exist, and he answered all of my prayers. The next step, if this surgery didn't work, was amputation. Hallelujah, this didn't happen. Thank you again for all of your donations. I cried each time somebody donated, but I cried the hardest when little David donated his $10 from the Tooth Fairy. God bless you all, and I love you, Ruth Hartstock. P.S. I can't wait to meet Katia very soon, since we only live about 50 minutes from each other. There it is. Thank you, Kittenhead. And that's why we have that there. What God has done here. Now, there may only be 1,500 people that watch at a time. And there's millions and billions of people around the world. But what God has done here with this small group of people is so... It's such a miracle. It's so incredible. Jeremy, I was very sick years ago and stopped Bree, I had spent years angry at God. I learned my anger was misunderstanding of the pain in my life. Yeah, I spent uh, 36 years that way. I spent 36 years that way. Stopped breathing. Oh, wow. Wow. One minute prayer for dads, folks. We're going to get into that. Actually, first, let's go to the news. Let's go. I didn't do a newsletter this morning. I didn't have time this morning, but let's go to the verse of the day today, which I do have. And the verse of the day today is going to come from Mark. Mark 1. So if you have your Bibles, please open your Bibles to the New, Test- or to the New Testament, to the Gospels, and go to Mark 1. It's right after Matthew. And we're going to go to Mark 1, 14 and 15. Okay? So if somebody could please put that in the chat. Mark 1, 14 and 15. And here is verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, quote, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent 
and believe in the gospel. So let me just break this down in the way that I received this this morning. Jesus has a first coming and a second coming. And his first sec and his first coming and his second coming are very different from each other. The first coming was to show us the way, the truth, and the life. To take the payment that was due for our sins so that we could spend eternity with him and our Father in heaven in beautiful and pure bliss. And he did all of that with kindness and compassion. Yes, he flipped a few tables, but that was Jesus demonstrating his hate for the sin, not the sinner, or he would have flipped a few humans. But Jesus' second coming is not going to be like his first coming. Jesus' second coming is not going to be with kindness, compassion, grace, and mercy. You have your chance to accept that now. You are without excuse. The Bible is written in every language in the world. And there are many ways that you can hear and receive the word of Christ. Now, not everybody in the world has been exposed to the word of God yet. Wait until the rapture. Then they will be. And then there will be zero excuse. So Jesus' first coming is how we are supposed to model right now. Jesus' second coming will not be so kind. It will be with wrath. It will be with judgment. It will be with what you deserve. You will no longer be given a free pass. You will no longer have an excuse. Take this opportunity to do what Jesus did his first time he came and model his kindness because I can tell you this, folks. You guys have all seen The Chosen. You know how it starts out. All the fish are swimming in one way. And then one by one, the fish are turned around. And a few fish are going against the grain. Right now, if you go with the grain of this world, then you are living a day from the minute you wake up until the minute that you go to bed of loneliness, depression, anger, anxiety, stress, and rudeness. If you go with the flow of the world, and if you go with the grain of the world, your days are filled with anger, judgment, hate, lust, depression, stress, anxiety, rudeness. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. However, if you turn around like those fish on the chosen and you decide to swim against the current instead of with the current, go against the current, you do it with kindness. 
How do we go against the current, Jeremy? Well, first of all, believe in Christ. Second of all, share that gospel. Profess it with your tongue. But not only that, recognize your surroundings and also do it with your actions so that your actions can complement your words and your words can complement your actions and people will know that is a godly person. They're not preaching at me. They are showing me how to do it and I want to be like that. I don't want to live angry. I don't want to live upset. I don't want to live judging people every day. I don't want to live in fear or with anxiety. I want to live with joy. I want to live with no worry. I want to live with no fear. I want to live with a smile on my face. I want to live helping people because you all know that giving feels so much better than receiving. That's because it's of God. That's because it's of the Lord. Everything good comes from the Lord and everything bad comes from Satan. So like I said yesterday, if you have house insurance, car insurance, health insurance, why don't you have soul insurance? I mean, really, you have insurance just in case something happens. So why don't you have soul insurance just in case something happens, which it will But we have to go against the grain and be kind. When somebody is rude to us, cover them. Don't kill them. Cover them with kindness. Do you want to know what God tells you if you do this? That you will live a long life. That's what God promises you in the Bible. That you will live a long, fulfilled, and joyful life. Now, long to everybody is different, you know, Long could be 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, 50 years. Who knows? But I know one thing. You'll be, you'll be fulfilled in that length of time that God gives you. And he promises you that if you are the opposite way, then you won't live long, fulfilled, joyful lives. I want to live a long, fulfilled, joyful life here because God gave me the blessing of this earth, of this life here in the flesh. I want to make the most of it for him. Not for me. Not anymore. Not for you. For him. I want to move the kingdom of heaven forward. I also want to thank RJ Cat. Eli, she just donated $200 to our efforts here. Talk about kindness. Talk about compassion. All the donors. Thank you, Rosa. We love you, and we hope that everything is going okay with you and your family, and we pray for your son, and we hope that he's doing better. And that you guys are closer. But man, it's such an old common sense way of thinking, right? The kindness part. But we don't do that anymore. The world is very upset. The world is lost. The world is angry. The world is without proper leadership. The world is, is, is not getting the proper word of God. They're getting a watered down, whitewashed word of God. Kittenhead said, Jeremy, I was mad for you when you were telling the subway story. I would have been passive aggressive, not good either. No, I know I, that 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 was what I wanted to do. I knew that was what my flesh wanted to do, and the Holy Spirit said, "This is what the flesh wants. Don't do what the flesh wants right now. Do what God wants." It was that, and you know what? I've been training myself to be able to recognize those moments, and if I can recognize those moments in real time, then I have the key. The key is kindness. The key is kindness. And on that note, I'd like to thank. 
uh, Iris for being here, and it's her birthday today. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Iris. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Iris. God bless you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a video to show, but before we get to that video, I want to talk to you about one of our great partners and also part of our network now, Trumpet Daily with Stephen Flurry. Has that not been a great addition to the network or what? Another news station that put God that puts God first and gives you the news from a godly centered point of view. Somebody who doesn't lose his temper like I do and go off the beaten path during a show like I do. Stephen Flurry with Trumpet Daily. It's on here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every night, uh, Monday through Friday. And you can also if you want more of Trumpet Daily and you want free publications in the mail from them, and you want free books and free movies and free DVDs just by following them, go to TrumpetDaily.com, follow their newsletter, do it today, get more word of God and get more truth in the news from Stephen Flurry and his team over there, Trumpet Daily. God bless them. I love, I, I love Stephen. I think he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have more and more and more godly-centered news hosts here on LFA TV. Now, I'm going to read from One Minute Prayer for Dads from page 46. Or no, excuse me, 47. Building trust. 1 Corinthians 4.2. The best way to build trust with somebody is to be kind to them, to love them, to show them compassion, to let them know that you will never, ever, ever, ever hurt them. That's the best way to build trust with somebody. Yes, C. Ward, all you have to do is uh, uh, email Eli. And now that we're back getting the store stuff back out again, I think, I think Sabrina caught up with all orders yesterday. So if you've been waiting, it's coming. 1 Corinthians 4.2. Building trust. It is required of a steward that they be found faithful. What is a dad but a steward over the children that God has entrusted to him? Though we dads influence how our kids turn out, so does parenting affect how we turn out as men. Are we good stewards of what God has given us? And if we are, then we must be, we must show the signs of God. The images that he built us in, the kindness, compassion, you know, uh, mercy, grace, forgiveness, all those traits Do we tend to our kids with a carefulness required? Are we effective leaders, good role models? These are things that we learn on our dad journey. Your children are sponges. You know that as well as I do, especially if they're younger. They're going to do exactly what you do. That's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing if you're a man or a woman of God who keeps Jesus at the center of your dinner table conversation in your home. It's a curse if you're not. Child's going to grow up to be addicted to drugs, addicted to swearing, addicted to fornication, addicted to lust, addicted to being rude. When your children are in the car with you and somebody's being an idiot on the road and slamming on their brakes or whatever, and, and you're like, and you're like, you idiot. We all do it. That's what I'm talking about. They're going to be just like you. Kindness is the only way. Always has been, always will be. Okay, Um, we're going to play about 
I don't know, 10 minutes of this. I want to get my headphones on. Now, this is a, a portion of Ask Cliff. You guys are going to start seeing a lot more videos from the three gentlemen, Ray Comfort, uh, Frank Turek, and Cliff Netchel. They're just all guys I like to watch videos from. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is from Cliff Netchel on a university campus where a guy is telling him, you know, I don't really care for you being here in public, spreading this gospel on a college campus. Roll it. All right, so I'm going to try to be uh, really direct and honest. Um, Thank you. So, um, short statement and then two, two related questions. Short statement, um, I, I'm immediately uh, angered and offended that this kind of thing happens on public property. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what, where I'm coming from. But yep. given that, I'm going to try to ask very honest, direct questions. You bet. Um, so on Can the first... I respond to your first statement? Yeah, of course. I think what you've just expressed is the essence of intolerance. I respect anybody's right to stand out here, be they atheist, communist, Marxist, Leninist, capitalist, agnostic, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, and say what they want to say. And I'm very grateful that I live in a country that supports free speech. Secondly, I thought that I was in a liberal arts educational environment. I thought that the basis of liberal arts education was the belief in the free exchange of ideas, the right to disagree with each other and then to explain respectfully why we disagree. Now, some people are concerned that they might oh, have to go on. for Seriously? a long period without getting outside food. This is an imbalanced conversation. When you have an enormous institution and a huge amount of people behind you on one side and a very small number of dissenters, oh, that's really? not free speech. Tell me who's behind me. What's this big institution that's behind me? Um, well, the majority of people here are listening very reverently. This isn't like a, a two-sided debate. Um, Sir, you're not having, no one has forced you to stand here. No one's forced me to stand here. I'm under the impression that you have a free will and you've chosen to be there. And I respect that. And these people choose to sit here because they choose to. I don't know who they are. And I don't have any big organization behind me for crying out loud. So why don't you get in touch with reality? It's a refreshing exercise. Well, I was hesitant to stand up anyway, but I would actually like to ask two questions and they're coming from my heart, okay? Okay. Um, As someone who has been raised outside of the church and I just don't take the Bible as evidence. Is there any way that I could be converted? Is that the only way that you can reach out to someone that doesn't have any kind of cultural upbringing, that hasn't been raised with already those doubts? How can you speak to someone who's absolutely legitimately an atheist? I mean, please answer directly. I have many friends who are former atheists. And these people who are former atheists relax their mind, they tried to be as objective as possible, and to look at the evidence that God exists. And then once they move from atheism to theism, then they relax their mind, they tried to be as objective as possible and read the Gospels, not as the Word of God, simply as accurate history, because the evidence is the Gospels give us some accurate history. 
and confronted by the lifestyle, teachings, death, and resurrection of Christ. They saw the evidence is Christ is reliable, and they chose to put their faith in him. So you, you, you said that there were two steps there? The second step, once you've acknowledged that there could be some sort of right. all-knowing, all-powerful, all-good thing, right. um, the second, after, once you've done that, that's fine. It's that first step that I'm really concerned with. So you're saying that there's actually fact-based evidence that is best explained through an existence of God. Philosophical evidence, yes, sir. I'm not talking specifically about um, experiments or anything like that, but even, even philosophical evidence. Philosophical and you think, evidence. And you think that's the best, most rational explanation? Yes. Okay, so we, we have thousands of years of history of, dis of debates about these kind of things, and I don't want to revisit those, but do you have an answer for someone who's already gone through those and hasn't been convinced of the factual accu accuracy or of Occam's razor? I mean, if, there, if, if I honestly think that there are just more reliable descriptions that match the facts better, theory that just has fewer things that you have to assume that explain it just as well, if I'm in that position, Knowing that I am a limited person and could be wrong, is there room for faith? That was kind of a technical question. Would you like me to try to repeat it? Mm -hmm. So is it, do you think that it's possible to both think that the best answer is atheism, that, that I can logically disprove the existence of the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-good, yet through knowing my own limitation, through knowing that logic itself can be flawed, that our brains cannot understand everything. Is that enough of a doubt to admit the kind of faith that's required to believe in God? Sir, all you've got to do is look at the evidence for the reliability of Christ. Then you say, no, I'm sorry, not enough evidence. I can't believe. But when you say that, what you are clearly saying is, before I trust anything to be true, it must meet this level of evidence. So my two questions for you then are, in light of the fact that Jesus Christ is not supported by enough evidence, what is the object that you have chosen to trust in? And secondly, what is the preponderance of evidence that supports this option as being more reliable than Christ? I would say that the discussion isn't between two different things that explain the, the, the environment that we see, but it's a very specific proposition of either an all-knowing, all-powerful God exists, or it doesn't. And I believe that the evidence supports the second. And I don't think that you need to, that, that that argument specifically requires there to be something else that you believe in. Just like I mean, you can talk about the non-existence of something. If it were, if it logically would impact your life in some way and it doesn't impact your life in that way, then it doesn't exist without positing something else. Now, I just want to stop for just one second, if we can here. And I want to say that he says that the evidence shows the second, the latter, that's not true. There is no evidence whatsoever that can be scientifically proven that this world came from anything other than God. There's no proof. Yet we teach it in every school and we don't teach theology. We don't teach the option that God may be the creator of everything. Now, they do that when you go to the creation museum. You, they teach you both. And at the end, you have to decide which evidence is, uh, is more reliable. And if you have any brain in your head, then you have to come out of the two going, well, science doesn't give me any proof. They just give me ideas and thoughts and hypotheses and maybes and could be's. This has all been proven. Everything about the, the evidence and proof that shows the creation is there. 
and has never changed. Science changes every year, all the time, and there's no proof for their belief and what they teach throughout our world in our schools. Let's go back. Tonight, when you put your head on your pillow, tonight when I put my head on my pillow, like it or not, you are living for something or someone. Like it or not, I'm living for someone or something. You have said the reason that you cannot believe in Christ is because of a lack of evidence. No, I said an evidence against. That's a very important difference. All right, fine. Evidence against. Okay. So what I need to challenge you to do is explain to me what or who you are living for and why. What's all the evidence that points to whatever the option is you've chosen other than Christ? What's this overwhelming evidence that has convinced you that this option is more trustworthy than Christ? Well, we're talking about two different things here, um, and I, I'm going to, I'm trying to answer your question. This is the only way I know how. Um, I'm talking about whether something exists or not, and you brought in value. You brought in why, why are you living? What are you living for? You, you know, what, why are you good? Something like that. Like, what is your purpose? And the question that I was asking was very much about what exists, and if God does not exist, frankly, if nothing above me exists, that doesn't imply that I have nothing to live for. Right. That, yeah, and I do definitely have things to live for that right. I can specifically point to that have nothing to do with whether there's a God. Right. That's right. I know that. Okay. So what, now, and I'm, I'm not going to play anymore because there's no more time, but what I wanted to show you and display for you is that Cliff Netchel does this with kindness. Everything he does, he does with logic, common sense, matter-of-fact answers, but always kindness and respect. Never arguing like you saw me doing down in, in Miami, right? And that's where we need to get to. Now, the biggest argument, and I'll, I'll end on this, the biggest argument that people have about the earth being billions of years old or millions of years old or 6,000 years old is that, that, that science has proven that archaeologists have shown and proven and rocks that have been founded, uh, found and um, carbon dating all shows that the world has age, a lot more age than 6,000 years. Okay, well, I can tell you what, I can petrify wood in seconds. I can do massive amounts of damage uh, to the earth with a lot of water in a real short period of time rather than a little water over a long period of time, which science tells you is how the Grand Canyon was made, okay? I can prove all of those wrong, all of their theories wrong scientifically. However, here's a biblical answer for how age is built in. If I were to tell you that God created the world in seven days, right? And on one of those days, he created Adam, did he create Adam a baby or did he create Adam an adult? Eli, you listening? Did he create Adam a baby or an adult? Adult. Did he create Eve as a baby or an adult? An adult. So let's say on the day that Adam and Eve, or Adam was created, the next day he was a fully adult, but he was only one day old. Eli, how can a one day old be a full adult? There's no scientific, reason, logical you know, proof of that being able to be happening, right? A one-day-old baby can't be an adult, right? God built Adam and Eve with built-in age, ladies and gentlemen. 
built-in age. Remember, God exists outside of what we call time. So what we look at time as being very linear, point A to point B. God can create everything with built-in age, just like he did to Adam, so that on day one, it's already, to us, looks like it must have been billions of years old. Just like to anybody else, if there was anybody else on the planet, when Adam was created and they saw him the day after he was created, guess what they wouldn't say? Oh, look at that one-day-old baby. No, he was an adult. God built Adam with built-in age. So if God created Adam with built-in age, then what makes you think that God didn't create creation with built-in age? Ah, now we're getting somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're getting somewhere. That's exactly how it happened. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in future Rise Ups. But I want you to ponder that. I want you to research that. And I want you to see what I'm talking about. A one-day-old baby cannot be an adult. Anyway, that's going to do it for Rise Up, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Sean Farish in Ungoverned comes up next. Enjoy the show. And then I'll see you at 11 o'clock for more Live from America. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so very much. See you later.